Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we have another amazing baseball podcast episode with Dan Blewett, Will Carroll, Kevin Vance, Dave Fisher, everybody's around me. Another great episode with some brilliant minds here talking some baseball. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I'm up here at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston. We have another amazing baseball episode. So we recorded an episode with these guys in the past when we kind of went over what we learned from the Sabre Seminar, the big Sabre Metrics meeting up in Boston. Um, so definitely go back if you haven't seen that episode because we talked about a bunch about how we're applying data and analytics to baseball and really the future of that. But now I wanted to flip it, right? And you guys always have a ton of great baseball questions. So instead of just hearing from me, I want to hear from these guys right because we got a great crew of people so dan blewett from warbird academy in bloomington illinois he's uh you know pro uh, six years pro experience in baseball he's now doing some travel teams uh working with the youth he has a great uh, facility in illinois it's fantastic uh will carroll big injury expert uh online uh past history as media uh media journalist now he's working with modus global trying to actually help injuries not just talk about injuries i guess right so uh kevin vance another former uh pro pro guy six years pro ball a uh, couple of different organizations currently the pitching coach at uri in uh, rhode island i guess not everybody knows what uri stands for yeah, <laughs> university of rhode island yeah university of rhode island, rhode island. the university yeah. of rhode island. <laughs> <laughs> and dave fisher current pro guy so we had to have somebody still relevant all us yeah. washed up people yeah. here yeah. a little different so dave fisher current pro guy tons of experience with a bunch of affiliates and indie ball and abroad and i mean australia last year i mean some some cool stuff so so great group of people to ask questions so i'm gonna go right into it so the students are off camera watching us so you guys can rate me and see how i do with the questions anyone want to read them no there's a bunch of shake, shaking heads there all right first question jameson from pensacola florida says i've attempted an aggressive throwing program that includes weighted balls my velocity is steadily going down this seems unheard of I don't know what's happening. Any advice? So who wants to start? I'll start. With, I'll start with that one. I mean, when you're doing something and it's not working, you have to figure out: Am I doing it right? Uh, so are, are you on the right program? Are you doing the right things? Weighted ball programs. There's a million of them out there right now. You just presented a bunch of research about it, so I feel dumb talking about it. But you've obviously got to stop. You got to take a look at it, and you got to see: Am I doing the right things? And if you are, you know, am I doing the right program? And then uh, you know, being in Pensacola, I can I can recommend a good doctor in the area. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you need one. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, it, it's it's time to take a step back and look and see, you know, if what you're doing isn't working, are you doing it right? Should I change it, or is something horribly wrong? Yeah, right. a great start to that question. I mean, saying I'm on a weighted ball program, you know, what does that mean? That's like saying I'm on a strength program. What yeah. does that mean? I'm on a throwing program. There's millions of variations of that. So it's clear you're not either on the best one or, more importantly, probably the best one for you. Right. Right? So 
You know, so a big misconception, some of the data I presented at Sabre Seminar was that, yes, weighted ball programs enhance velocity. There's a statistically significant increase in velocity, but not everybody increases velocity. So only 80% of the people on the program uh, increased their velocity. 12% went down. So you're not a freak. I mean, you're one in ten. I mean, that's 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 not too crazy. But I don't. And your guys' experience, Dan, Kevin, Dave. I mean, is this unheard of? Because I think that's part of the myth of weighted balls is that they're guaranteed to work. Yeah, that's definitely the first thing I was gonna say. It's definitely not unheard of to go down in velocity. Um, or yeah, I guess in just yeah, velocity. I guess it would be. But I'll talk from my personal experiences. I've done some weighted ball programs in the past. I've talked about it with you a little bit. And I've had a pretty significant injury history. So personally, uh, I liked them to a point, And then uh, they started bothering my arm to, to where I was like, you know what, this is probably not going to be the best thing for me. I'm trying to stay healthy. Um, I already kind of threw in a, a velocity range where I thought I could still do well and perform. And uh, so I didn't want to take that risk and kind of try and get – like marginally better at with velocity or whatever, get my stuff that much better, to, and then risk injury because of it. So that's kind of just my personal experience with it, and uh, it wasn't a risk I was willing to take. Yeah, and sharing more data again. So 25% of the kids in our study were got injuries from this, and so Tommy John stress reactions. I mean, had some real injuries in here. So, but again, it's not fair, right? I mean, weight, what is weighted balls? I mean, right, right now, I think what we're finding is weighted balls are helpful. And they're a useful tool, just like there's so many others, but there's an inherent risk. Like they, they probably gain velocity by increasing your layback, which could be dangerous to many people. It could be safe for some people. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is if you're just buying a weighted ball program off the internet, I think maybe that's the real issue here. It's not that weighted balls are good, bad, evil, whatever. It's just that maybe they're not perfect for you or it's not individualized for you. I think one of the, the interesting things that, that I took away from your talk uh, is that we don't know enough about who's going into these programs. Is it a certain style of pitcher that gets the best results from a weighted ball program? Is there a certain base? You know, do you have to have certain arm strength, core strength, uh, you know, rotation, shoulder rotation? There's a lot of things we don't know going into these programs. We know that for a number of people it does work. As you said, the results are statistically significant. But I think the failures, I think, open up an opportunity to find out who shouldn't be doing these programs right and again are we overdosing which we talk about a lot yeah so. and i think auditing yourself is really important so for me i threw 78 to 81 as a as a freshman in college and the reason i kept getting better and throwing harder um you know i end up being like a low to mid-90s guy is because i was constantly trying to figure out where my weaknesses were and try to fill those buckets as you kind of um talk about in your presentations but i mean it sounds like if, if your velocity is not going up with this program Maybe you need to reevaluate and figure out where you might be leaking and what else, you know, probably needs to come first before you jump into weighted balls. So that's kind of like you talk about in your talk is like more like the frosting on the cake than yeah, the cake it's, itself. It's so popular right now. Everybody just wants to jump into them. But as Will said, there's probably uh, there's probably a criteria to begin them, and there's probably an appropriate person to get the most out of them, right? So you know, it, we're in the infancy. We need we need better ways to do this. But the the more is better is not the approach. So. Kevin, from the college standpoint, how many of your guys are coming to you either on them or asking them about them? Like, how do, how do you address it? A bunch. It's actually really hard. It's, I feel like half the guys are coming up to me and asking, hey, can I do this? Can I do that? You know, go to um, do this certain program. And I have to tell them, be careful 
if you see someone gaining velocity on Instagram, that doesn't mean that you're going to be gaining velocity on Instagram. Um, and I think it's important to like look at the difference between me and Dave. Dave's six six. 140 pounds. <laughs> Big dude. 215, come on. <laughs> and I'm 5'11", like 220. So we're completely the opposite pitcher. And we, I don't think Dave could get on like a heavy-weighted ball program. No, yeah, our arm break. snap. Yeah, just like, the biomechanics, the physics of yeah, that is, it's, it's a, that's a really yeah. good point. Like your arm's three times longer than mine and like, yeah, I'm just, I have short little sausage arms. <laughs> the, like, the lever arm, of, <laughs> yeah. the lever arm of that weighted ball and his shoulder and elbow are yeah. going to be gigantic compared to yours you know and then theoretically too not but what his also his slot you guys have different yeah. slots mm-hmm. you know so you know fish is I'm kind slinging. of more down here you know so yeah it's different yeah mm-hmm. so so how do you handle it with the guys uh i just try and present you know the stats like the all the the research and the stuff that you're coming out with is great um and they're receptive to that that's the crazy thing like it's all the information's out there and that's why we're here, trying to get it, keep getting it out there—the good, the good information—and make sure people are aware of, you know, that Instagram isn't really scientific. And, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Do you let them make their own decisions, like in the end, sort of thing, or, or do you um, still kind of? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to force, you know, my philosophy or yeah. you know, down their throat, but um, I think they make the right decision once they have all the information. So that's yeah. the only thing you can really do. Yeah. As a coach, your job is to pr- provide them with the information. Mm-hmm. And some people say, I don't care, and I'll yeah. accept that risk. And, and trust me, there's nobody. I mean, I'm the guy that deals with them when they're injured, so I'm <laughs> I, I'm the one that talks about it. We probably yeah, had this conversation, times. you and I, like, hey, let, if you want to do it, let me know. I mean, we, the, we're, this is, we're going to be on top of it, but you know, and there's inherent risk. But if you're ready to do it, let me know. And especially if, if you are going to, like, I guess take that risk, Talk to someone like you. Like, get in touch with someone who's gonna be do be smart about it, and and someone you can be like, hey, you know what, my my arms bother me. Is this normal to have? Like, if I'm doing this, and right, if it, know when to pull the cord. Yeah, yeah. right. So don't be afraid to ask for help for anything. And, <laughs> and the one thing Dan mentioned it briefly, but I think we should. Anytime we talk about this here, it's like weighted balls are a, a tool to help gain velocity. It's a very, very small tool in a bucket of tools. And like Dan said, if you haven't baked your cake, if you haven't established your foundation of strength, uh, just even physical maturity, uh, good arm care type of that, you are you are going in the wrong direction, barking up the, the wrong tree, just going straight to the frosting and not the cake. So uh, anyway, we got an episode on that too. We had a lot of good questions. All right, next question. Eric from Oklahoma says, as a high school pitcher, what should I be doing after a game that I pitch. So let's see who wants to fish. You're, I'll do you're it. Yeah, currently coming off you're currently it. playing. Yeah, yeah. He just pitched yeah. last week or yeah. yesterday. Exactly. Yeah, I had my, I had what, 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 what do you what do you do after you after what do you do after you get in the game? What do you do to your? I have my routine. So it kind of is uh, as a pre- like professional baseball player or any amateur baseball player. You have your set routine. You want to do your things that you uh, you do to make yourself feel comfortable before you go out into the game, so you perform well. And it should be the same after the game. You should have a good little routine. So I had a, uh, I kind of worked with you to make it um, when I had when I had been injured, and he did a really good job of uh, uh, helping me create that. So it, for me, I have a, the, the pregame one. I go through my stuff, uh, and then at post game, I come in. I do a cuff program. I usually do a, a band band flush, and then uh, I, I'm personally not an ice guy, so I don't want ice. But I always make sure I do cuffs, forearms, and a little band flush, and then. How much weight do you use? Uh, usually pretty light after I throw. Got uh, three pounds for me is usually what I'll do. So uh, yeah, I'm not trying to 
gain muscle at that point. Bingo. I'm just trying to. He's not trying to be the best at exercise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's. It, it's not. That's not his strength program. I think that's the important part. He has a strength program that he does yeah. at another time. Mm-hmm. This is more of like a flush after a game. I and tell me if I'm wrong here too. But I always kind of. Yeah, I'm probably, 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 probably wrong, wrong here saying this. But I always kind of thought like, all right, I just went out there and I'm assuming I'm in good position to go like biomechanically to go out and pitch before I pitch. And then while I'm pitching, I go way out of whack, and I kind of use the the cuff program kind of just to jumpstart getting back into like proper positioning to yeah. attack the next day. Not a bad way. That's to think the, of it. at least my yeah. how my mind. Works. All right, so that, might not be right. That's a good one. We got yeah. Fish does just some light rotator cuff kind of flush base work. He's afraid of ice. I like it. We'll talk about that. I'm right? not afraid of it. I just don't like it anymore. So Kev, <laughs> Kevin, what, what what do you do, and what do you recommend your collegiate players do? Um, Something similar to what Dave does, we do um, sort of like a light shoulder program, um, kind of like a cool down. Uh, I really like to do jump ropes. I don't make them run like a million poles or anything. Cause so think, after the game, they're doing jump rope. Yeah, nice. Just like after they pitch, um, like reliever, you know, do some jump ropes. I think it keeps you know keeps you athletic. It's not boring running poles or anything. And, and why do you um, do it? For what? What's the benefit? Um, just to cool down, like um, kick, like more conditioning, a yeah, flush conditioning, type thing, full yeah. body thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but more important for us is, for especially for starters, the, the five or six days in between right. um, is huge. I mean, we have you know, a big lifting program um, in season, and I think that's what I value the most. Um, yeah, not so much the, day, the right yeah, after. Yeah, right it's, after it's, it's you just you know ruined your arm because pitching sucks. <laughs> yeah, um, so there's not really much you can do after. <laughs> yeah. I don't think to. You know, you're not going to heal yourself by doing <laughs> certain yeah. things, but obviously you should, and you should have a routine. But I think it's the following days, the following three yeah. days, where you really get to work in between starts or yeah. in between appearances, whatever it may be. I'd, I'd agree with that. How about how about you, Dan? So one, what do you do with your pro guys, and then what do you do with your with your with your high school guys and your travel guys? Because remember, you're you're in the middle of a, a huge field. You probably don't have access to as much stuff. So what, what do you do for yourself, yeah. and what do you recommend your your travel kids do? So for me. I was a reliever in my last couple years, and it was really complicated because I might throw the next day, I might throw three days in a row. So depending on how much I've thrown, so if I threw two days in a row, that night I'm probably not going to do much more than just like stretch, maybe just like roll it out and kind of get some, you know, kind of mobility thing going. But I'm probably not going to do anything else that's going to deplete my arms kind of energy meter that night because I might have to go out a third time, and you're usually pretty sloppy. Like it's you're running out of gas by that point. So. It, it's hard to throttle up and throttle down, but I think what Dave and and, uh, and Kevin said is, and that's I wouldn't add anything to that. You know, just do a little. I yeah. love doing a little rotator cuff stuff. It would help my arm flush out. Um, you know, for high school kids and for youth kids, one thing I'm sensitive to is, hey, you're you're at a, you're at a field, so just some light band work is probably all that you're going to be able to do in like the dugout, and then probably going to hit the road because you know travel is tough on families when you're young. Um, and the other thing I'm sensitive to is like. When I was, I retired at 31, and I was so burned out by doing all of the rotator cuff stuff that I did. I mean, I had to do it. So from college to pro ball, I just crushed it. You know, I did my three to five days a week of my shoulder program. I was running, you know, every other day, and I was lifting like a fiend. And it, it wears on you over time. So I think as a high school kid, you don't have to have the most rigorous routine. I know that sounds like bad advice, but find a balance. You know, you don't have to keep yourself at the field for another half an hour after the game. Yeah. Because there's a there's a time baseball is going to become a job when you hit college, and if it and if it doesn't become a job, you're not going to make it to pro ball. And when you're in pro ball, it's very very much a job, and it's a different kind of love that you have for the game. So as a high school kid or a youth kid, 
find a balance. You know, if you're doing your shoulder program two or three days a week, that's your way ahead of the curve in general. I never did any of that when I was a kid. It wasn't really a thing. Right. Um, but you have a long road ahead of you, so just don't get the world's best routine. I know that sounds weird, but you don't want to run yourself into a ground. You want to still remain a kid, and you still want to love the game and not feel like it's an absolute chore. Because as soon as it starts to feel like a job, it's going to become a job, and you're going to start to push back from it. And then when you really need to not be burned out to have your best years ahead of you, you're going to be you're going to start to burn out. Hey, and I feel like I so we're talking about after the game. I feel like I'm I'm seeing that before the game. You see it all over. There are so many kids that think they need an hour and a half of their foam roll and everything. They're doing this and then and then that you know it's going to be a panic if they can't. Like mm-hmm. so one of the we're very routine based with the Red Sox, right? Like I I could tell you exactly what a specific pitcher is doing at 6:03. Right, like we everything was to the second of I, I taped somebody's ankle at the exact minute every time because it all clicked into place. That's so you could go on the mound and go, I'm prepared, right? And that's what they know. But now I'm seeing these kids with these elaborate things. It's like an all day event, like including breakfast and stuff. And then you get to minor league baseball, and then the bus breaks down, and you're late or something, yeah. like, and you can't do any of that stuff, and you freak, you know. So, um, I, but I've had that, that experience <laughs> as a pitching oh. coach. Um, when you call down to the bullpen, because like you said, oh, guys free. have like they have to do their two sets their of fifteen perfect band routine, like foam roll every inch of their body before they warm up. But it's like, hey, it's first and second, nobody out. Like get so and so going, and you look down on the pen, and he's he's starting his first set of like his bands. And you're like, you have to be throwing right now. You're like no, no, get on the mound. <laughs> you literally have two minutes, you have to learn and you're going to be on the mound in the game. And I wonder if we're a little guilty. I point to Dan and I now too, because yeah, I think in a strength and conditioning world, we're getting ridiculously elaborate with our prep work before we even just lift a weight. I blame now. you guys. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I think when I say us, it's, I say the strength and conditioning world. I mean, if our if our pre workout warm up is 45 minutes. I mean, I think we're just feeding into that, but um, I want to answer the question too, because I'm a little bit different, but I will preface this all by saying one of the first things that amazed me about baseball was how everybody's a little bit different and lots of things work. So I don't think there's a best answer to your question. So for me, I, I don't, I don't do any rotator cuff work after a game. And I always say it's the equivalent of like running a marathon and then coming in and doing sprints. So baseball is bad for you, as Kevin said, and it, you know you get tight and you get tired. So I want to address the tightness and the tired, which is kind of fatigue. So with tightness, we do a little bit of range of motion after the game, just like a gentle passive range of motion, right? And then we'll, we'll ice. I do ice because I think, again, you've created some damage. But if you tell me I'm anti-ice, I'm probably not going to argue because I can't overwhelmingly say to do it. Right, so so I say ice. Why not? I'll do some range of motion to flush it a little bit, uh, but I won't do any rotator cuff work. And I think if I'm going to read between the lines with what everybody says, is I don't think you are doing rotator cuff work either. You're kind of doing like active range of motion. Yeah. So when I'm not there to actually do passive range of motion on you, you're doing your own active. And I think that would be the big takeaway: is address that tightness and that. Tightness. I would do it at one, even when the. The things I would do it, I would only do one set of everything, just like a quick yeah. So feel that, it, and yeah. it wasn't. It was just more like a like a good little flush. Yeah, like a, a mo- mobility more than strength. Yeah, and that's and I think you just get like sometimes the youth think, oh, I'm going to do a rotator cuff. Yeah. I've seen teams that that's when they do their rotator cuff work. I can't so. think of a more disadvantageous time to get rotator cuff work in. You're not going to get anything done after you just pitch a game, especially mm-hmm. as a starter. I mean, yeah. no chance. No uh, chance. I did have one more thing, kind of just on the difference between starting and relieving, uh, at least from the pro side. And what Dan was saying, how difficult it is to get the work in as a reliever. 
Um, personally, for me, I'd like to have like a. I'm also like made like a three day a week schedule. So I did my uh, rotator cuff work, I did some scap work, and I did some stability work. And those are just the three days. It didn't matter if I was pitching that day. It didn't matter anything. I just got on schedule as a reliever to do that. And then as a starter, obviously you're a little bit more separate, and you don't you know when you're going to pitch every time, so you can kind of plan that a little bit better. Yeah, that was just kind of what I did. Well, yeah. as a reliever too, you're trying to fight. So, like, if I did pitch back to back days or something, I'm trying to get my work in and give me the absolute maximum amount of time before I throw again. So yeah. sometimes it is after the game because I'm like, well, if I wait now and then I do it in the morning, now I'm only 12 hours out of maybe pitching again. So it's it's just there's never a clear answer. You just right, especially you as a reliever, you're trying you. to give yourself as much rest as you can while still getting your work. Yeah, and, and experiment, and if you don't have a set routine, just you know look around. I mean, I was, you know, I get to, I get to, I get to watch John Lester follow Josh Beck around like a puppy dog in a in a really Perfect good way example, yeah. to just to to say, all right, this guy's successfully one of the hardest workers I've ever seen. How do we emulate him, right? And and that's I I was fortunate. I was part of it. I got to help mold somebody's routines, mm-hmm. right? So find somebody that that can talk help to a teammate. Yeah, yeah. Talk to a talk teammate to somebody that's been you look doing up to that you, you think has good stuff. Yeah, and ask. Hey, you know what? Like, I really like the way you pitch. What do you do to stay ready to pitch? Right, so and watch. Them ask and questions. Say, Why are you doing that? Yeah. I want to do that too. And try it, and then hey, you might you not like some of it. Exactly. You might you take eighty percent of it, right? I, I We're all months. Yeah, I think there's a lot of iteration that you have to do with this because again, we we've got data now. We know uh, where we are. We have to think about our arms. I think as, as a smartphone battery. You know, you've got to right. recharge every now and again, or you're going to run down much, much faster. I like so that. So I think I think we've got to figure out, you know, what's working for you, and then how are you getting back to it? And when you see, hey, you know, I, I'm not getting up to a level, what changed? What or what can I change? Right. I get it. That's great. And again, that's I don't want to. We keep talking data and stuff, but again, it's like saying, all right, your stuff's going down, and you're not recovering in between. What can you do different? Another great baseball episode. Thanks so much, guys. So Dan, Will, Kevin, Dave, everybody, thanks for joining us again. Um, go to MikeRinald.com. Click on that podcast link. Ask us some questions. Anything you guys want to talk about, we're here for you guys. And head to iTunes and rate and review. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinald.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.